Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopal. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of Gift Vader and Blacklight Productions. That's who does the Stripes hype video and song. Make sure if you guys have not seen it, go to the YouTube channels, Blacklight Productions and Gift Vader and check it out. Now, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I'll have to 1,372 subscribers. That is awesome. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now, if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter and you have not subscribed to my YouTube channel, please go over there and hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for the notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube chat, we're doing super chats. So if you guys like to support what I'm doing 
give me a super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. Now I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. And the Ice Cave is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys, I was back on the bridge today. I haven't had time to get the videos completely off my phone yet and put them up on the channel, but they will be put up later on tonight. But I did get to get there. And if you can see my Twitter video here, this is me and Maddie Myers giving the Jackpot Joey hats to uh, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and thanking them for wearing because apparently Jamar Chase was wearing a Jackpot Joey hat uh, to practice Friday, and we didn't find that out until we got down there today. So my shout-out shout to uh, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Jackpot Joey Burrow because he's all for it. He likes it. He gave us a thumbs up. You know, all the our portions of the proceeds go to the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Foundation. So if you guys would like any of the Jackpot Joey stuff, you can always go to jackpotjoey9.com. And I'll bring it up here in a second if I can find it. There it is. Jackpotjoey9.com. And you can check it out. I know Maddie has got some hoodies now, too, because it's getting a little colder. So we got some Jackpot Joey hoodies as well. As you can see, I'm wearing my new Uno jersey. Got that down. Picked that up down at the pro shop today. It was not a bad day out there. Um, Trey Waynes looked like he was playing. I know it says limited, but he participated. Xavier Steele affiliate did not dress. So it looks like Jackson Carmen is going to start, if you ask me. But anyway, let's get to today's guest. He's none other than Blake Jewell. Blake, what's going on, brother? Hey, not much. How you doing? Good, man. Good. So. What's your uh, what's your thoughts going into to Squealers weeks? Do you do you do you hate them as much as I do? Is this is this a a a, a must win just just so we could beat the snot out of the, out of them? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, I think uh, this is definitely a game that you know anyone associated with the Bengals it circles it and says you know you gotta win this game. And uh, you know for a long time it's been. You know, the, the Steelers have had the best of the Bengals uh, for a lot of years. And I think uh, this is a this is a great chance for the Bengals to start to get out on top again uh, against the Steelers. And uh, I think the, the Steelers offense isn't too great this year. Uh, the defense is banged up. And I think uh, going into Pittsburgh this week is a great chance to kind of, you know, assert their dominance again on the Steelers. Uh, you don't get many chances to say that, but after beating them with your backup quarterback last year, and then uh, coming into this week, um, first time playing them this year on the road, I think uh, this would be this would be a huge win for the Bengals. Yeah, exactly. And and I I kind of look at it this way. I think they got the at least I hope it's this way. They got the monkey off their back uh, for beating them at home on Monday Night Football last year against and basically an option quarterback. <laughs> That's what Ryan Finley was. So for everybody who thinks that uh, Zach can't. Uh, uh, Get some plays uh, up and not not a very good play call. He did pretty good, pretty good that night. Uh, hopefully, they can pile on to that. And I know there's a whole bunch of list of Steelers, excuse me, Squealers that are hurt. Ben Roethlisberger has his boob. He, he hurt his booby, so you know he he might play. But we all know what that means. He's always on the injured list. These guys are uh, TJ White. They're on the injured list every time. They're going to play. <laughs> you know so. I, I think Zach Taylor pretty much said that in his press conference or, or earlier this week that he thinks they're going to play. 
I think this might be one of the first times that the Bengals, in a while, I'll say, uh, that they have the defenses are on equal ground between the Bengals and the Squealers. I, I think this this is going to come down to who could score, who could outscore the other one, and and I'll take the Bengals on that. And like you were talking off air, I really and you said it first, but I agree with it. I really hope the first play from scrimmage is like you said, is a deep shot to, to Jamar Chase and say, "Hey, we're here. You got to stop this all day." Yeah, I think uh, I think a big thing with this defense is going to be. You know, kind of mixing up the play calls a little bit. I think that, you know, when you had two of your, you know, main star players kind of speak out and say that they wanted to go deep earlier, I think you got to kind of listen to that. And this is a good week to do it. If you look at uh, their, the Steelers' defensive PFF grades uh, last week against the Raiders, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick had like a 29 grade. He was top, bottom five of their defense. And then the other four, they were all defensive backs as well. So, this is a banged up Steelers defense. They don't have they don't have uh, the secondary they usually do. I think uh, poaching Mike Hilton from them is huge. Uh, Mike Hilton was a big part of their defense last year, and so I think that you know kind of mixing up the play calls. Joe Mixon's going to have a huge game. Uh, he's going to have a lot of uh, you know pressure on him to kind of get that run game going, open up the field a little bit. Um, I think the issue too is with that is you're not really going to have, I don't think, I don't expect the Steelers to stack up the box, even if Mixon's kind of having a good game, you know, because if Higgins plays, that's three really good receivers you got to worry about. So I don't really anticipate them to stack up the box too much. So you're going to have, to, you're going to have a lot of chances in the run game and you're going to have to kind of pick them apart uh, mid range. Um, I think the issue last week was they didn't set up the, set up the deep pass at all. They didn't go downfield and that kind of took away the mid range from Burrow. I think if you can kind of get the downfield passes going early, open up the mid-range a little bit and get him working, uh, I think that'll kind of open up the whole game, really, because then they're going to have to count for deep. You're going to get more chances in the run game. It's going to open up the mid-range. The short passes are going to start working more than they have been when you have that threat downfield. So I think uh, mixing up the play calling a little bit and kind of keeping them guessing is going to be huge this week. Yeah, and hang on to the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't turn over four times to help. Let's get to uh, – uh, uh, primetime mixing here, and uh, is what he was saying on uh, the run game and how he feels uh, it's been going so far. A pretty decent job in the run game. Uh, I think we'll do a lot better. I think we will do a lot better. Um, just got to keep on, you know, getting back to the basics and um, doing the little things better, finishing harder, and uh, just we always a guy away from, you know, having a break, but. Um, I think that we'll get better. And I kind of agree with them that they're they're a, a guy away because there was a couple times, like especially early in that that Bears game, you saw Mixon come up and he kept doing this, like that close or that close to doing it. And and that's one thing I, I feel that they have been stubborn with this run game because I think they all feel it, that they're that close to breaking one. And once you break one, it's just like having a, a deep bomb. It's going to open things up a lot more too. So. I wouldn't be surprised. They're going to stick with the run a lot, I think. But they, I agree with you. They do have to to mix in some deep balls. And if you take them, I think if you take the shots early instead of late this time, it's going to change a lot a lot of things. Yeah, and I think uh, the thing with the run game, I've been kind of wa- watching closely on some of those run plays. And I think there was a couple counters I saw where they ran the counter. And uh, it looked like, 
from the back angle, which I was watching, uh, they had he had room. Uh, and Mixon made probably more than he was supposed to on those plays. Uh, he just didn't get. I think one of them in particular that I was I saw today. Uh, if Sample blocks his guy, there's a chance he's gone. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know they're one man away from breaking those, but they're one man away because of a missed block. And I think that if one of these plays. Uh, someone can keep their block. I think Mixon's going to go, going to go long. And I think the counters they've been running have been, they've actually been pretty solid. Uh, I don't really like the situations that they've been called. Uh, they called one on like a second, second nine, which I'm not too big of a fan of. Um, I'd like to see more counters on, you know, like third and shorts and maybe some first and tens, just kind of freshen mm-hmm. up a little bit. But uh, I like, I like that look. Um, I think that they're just a couple missed blocks away from having a long touchdown. Yeah, and, that, and that's that's a lot of the the issues we had just across the offensive line first two games is missing blocks, uh, communication issues, and to me those are all fixable things. I know people say, well, we had that last year, true, but last year we also had a you know jumbling of the offensive line constantly too, or pulling guys in and out, and pretty much. I know uh, Jackson Carmen's probably going to start this week, and hopefully moving forward, Jackson will play good and be our, our our starting guard, our starting left guard. But that's one of the things I think I think is fixable in this this offensive line. I, I think the communication and, and and missing assignments those are all fixable things. Hopefully, like I said, they they were out for practice for a while. I mean, they they started out there. I started walking out there a little after one thirty, and it was. 3.30, I think, by the time they started walking in. So it was a pretty long practice today. Um, so I'm hoping that means that they're working on a lot of, especially offensive line, you got to work on the communication. Because you and me are talking about this off air, and, and I keep bringing this this one play up. It's it's uh, uh, Xavier, or not Xavier, it's uh, Quentin Spain and Riley Reef. They both miscommunicate, and they both take one guy and leave the DN open, and he runs straight for Joe Burrow. Those are the things. That's not just not being able to block the guy, that's miscommunication. That's you know, missing your assignments. And there's been a, a lot of that. And that that is, I think, is all fixable things that hopefully gets cleaned up this week. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, that's an issue. They need to clean that up. And I think another problem has been kind of the – and it, I think it's been kind of exaggerated how often they've done it, but the, the run, run, pass, punt drive where they <laughs> kind of get them in a bad situation i'd like to, one thing that i've really noticed and this has been on my like when i'm watching it live this isn't something that i see when i'm watching it the second third time is you know last year the crossing route to tyler boyd where they find him in the, where he kind of sits in the middle uh that worked a lot last year and we haven't really seen that and i think that I think that's going to be a big thing. I would run that on first down a lot. Just find Tyler Boyd. He's very consistent target. He gets yards. Just get him get him in the middle on first down. And then, you know, it's a lot easier for Joe Mixon to run the ball when it's second four, second five, instead of, you know, second nine, second ten. So Absolutely. I think, that, I think that, you know, doing you'd be doing Mixon a favor by, you know, picking up some yards through the air and the short and maybe uh, intermediate passing range on first down. So, I like to see a little bit more of that, and uh, you know, like you said, a lot of the issues have been, you know, not not totally on the offensive line. There's been some bad tight end blocking. Mixon's kind of struggled in the pass blocking game, so I think um, I think that's going to be a 
big thing this week. If those guys can pick it up, the tight ends and running backs can pick up their box too. I think we're going to see, you know, a much cleaner game in terms of, you know, Burrow being on the ground. All right, exactly. Let's get to some of the stuff here in the chat here. Anthony Anthony C. C. Long says, you can talk stats all day. We talk stats last against the Bears defense, and their defense destroyed us. Now, the thing I'll say this about the Bears defense, and this is what I've, I've said. The Bears defense, the front four, is arguably one of, if not the best in all of football. They're definitely the most expensive. The Rams have a veteran quarterback, a veteran coach, and a veteran team who took advantage of the Bears. The Bears weren't going to play defense like that back-to-back weeks. They just weren't. I know we could have taken some more. We should have taken more deep shots. I'm not saying we shouldn't have. We should have. But you have to look at it this way. That that defense just wasn't going to play that bad back-to-back weeks. So that's where, like we always keep saying, the deep shots would have helped open it up a little more. And that's where I wish Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor would, would have done that. But that's kind of where I'm at with with – how the Bears played one way one week and one way another. They're a very, very good defense. They're, they're front four. I, I, I don't know about you, but I think they might be the best in, in football. Yeah, they definitely have a good one. I think that, you know, they the Bengals kind of started the year against some tough pass rushes. Uh, you know, like even uh, the Vikings aren't, you know, one of the premier ones, but like with Daniel Hunter uh, on their team, you know, that they've faced a lot of talent so far. And I think that, you know, this is like the last, you know, it's been three games in a row where they have, you know, tough, tough defenses they're going against. And then after Pittsburgh, you got Jacksonville, whose defense isn't great, and the Packers, whose defense isn't great. So I think that they're going to kind of get a break after the Steelers game in terms of tough defensive players. But uh, you, you got one more week uh, where you got a tough defense. So hopefully the game plan is there uh, to kind of, I'm, Really, this week, obviously, the win is the important thing, but just kind of letting Joe, kind of letting Joe Burrow go and keeping him up, I think, is going to be a big thing this week. Um, just to kind of prove that they can protect Joe Burrow. Absolutely. Um, let's get to uh, Cheetah Bay Wuzie and some of his comments on a press conference today, and he's talking about uh, what it's what it means to to play in an AFC North division rivalry game. And talk about Von Bell's hit last year on Juju Smith Schuster. To the AFC North, just in general, just a very competitive division. Uh, last year, I had the chance to watch the game where Von made the big hit, and then um, it was I think it was a Thursday night game, if I'm not mistaken. Monday night. Okay, that's why I was. Yeah, that's why I was able to watch it. So it was Monday night, and uh, some of the guys had a. We were watching it together. And we just looked like the Bengals were playing on fire, you know. Um, I remember McKenzie getting that pick and acting crazy, doing a little dance. I was like, dang, these guys playing with a lot of energy. So um, hopefully we could replicate that energy uh, this coming Sunday. Yeah, and that's one thing I, I got put, I'm put to put this out there too, with which everybody, I think we're all ex- very happy with the way the defense has played. So what the Bengals did on defense has worked. You know, Larry Ogunjobi's work. Chibe Uzie has worked. Um, Eli Apple, yeah, you know, he he, he wasn't supposed to start anyway. Especially Trey Wayne's. So hopefully he'll he'll play uh, this weekend. But the way the defense is playing has has worked, and the guys they brought in have, have worked. And I want to press that to to the offense line. If Jackson Carmen plays, which it looks like he's going to play, we're going to find out if that part of the Bengals' offseason plan 
is going to work or not. Because the tackles will work. I know they had a bad game against the Bears. I understand that. They weren't as good against the Bears as they were the Vikings. I know. They're going to be fine. I think our tackles are are, are fine. I think Trey, uh, Trey Hopkins is going to be fine. And what he's come back from reconstructive knee surgery. He's going to, it's going to take him a little while to get back to the old Trey. Those three I'm not worried about. It's the guards that I'm worried about. And they made the trade to trade back to get extra picks to pick Jackson Carmen. This Sunday, we're going to find out if that was the right move or not, I think. Everything else they did in the offseason, I'm talking about the, you know, every, everybody they've signed in the offseason and a lot of the guys they drafted have worked. You know, there hasn't, we're not complaining about, well, they drafted Drew Sample and he's not doing anything. No, he's playing pretty good. You know, we uh, they signed uh, uh, Trey Henderson. Oh, he's terrible. No, he's actually pretty good. Cheeto's pretty good. Mike Hilton's pretty good. A lot of the things they did in the offseason has worked. Big game for Jackson Carmen and for the future of the Bengals and future of this offensive line is Jackson Carmen stepping up and playing good on Sunday. I think he will. And I know people say, it, and, and, and John Sheeran said this, that you might not want to bring him up, up his first game on against the Squealers, but you got to play him twice a week or twice a year anyway if you're going to be the starting guard for the Cincinnati Bengals. And one thing that Jackson has been known to be good at is processing information and and not regurgitating it, but but identifying what he's supposed to be doing. And one of the problems we've had on the offensive line is communication. Jackson's good at that. That's one of the things that, that the Bengals liked about him. So it's going to be a big test for him, but I think he's going to be up to the task. And I, I don't know. I, I just think it's a, it's a big point, a big thing. See if, if, if that part of the Bengals off offsides or uh, off season worked. Yeah. And I think I, I didn't question the move at the time. I thought it was a good pick. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, been questioning it a little bit more, uh, just because I think that with when you're a team that doesn't have a good offensive line, and you go receiver in round one, which I'm a fan of. I think Chase is a great player. You know, the proof was on the field the past two weeks. But I think that uh, when you have that planned, where you're going to go receiver, but your offensive line isn't good. I think you have to take a second-round lineman that you in, you're anticipating that player to start and contribute immediately. And I think that I was just expecting him to kind of get the starts from day one. So I think there's a little bit more concern there with him uh, just because he didn't come in and get that role. Just when you're a team like that, in a situation like that, you need to take somebody in the second round that's going to contribute right away. So, what, what, Well, I think you know, a lot of it had to do with – his his back surgery and he, and he came in a little overweight. I think a lot of it had to do with that. That that kind of pushed him behind the eight ball a little bit. But that's my own opinion. So, yeah, I just think that you know that's that's kind of more me. You know, kind of second guessing the pick, even though I, I did like it at the time. I still like it now. Right. I think he, I think he's all right. Um, you know, obviously for a rookie. Uh, so I think that my my biggest issue over the past couple of weeks is there's there's a. Uh, there's players that were taken, you know, round four and five that are starting for teams with better O-line. And I think that was kind of my issue with it. But, you know, I'm excited to see him play. He's been a player I've been very curious about. Uh, kind of, you know, I really liked Jamar Chase. He was one of my top players in the draft. Uh, I really liked um, Joseph Asai. He was my number one edge for a long time. I really liked Cam Sample. So a lot of the guys they took in the first couple rounds, I already – kind of knew what they were and knew in my head that they were going to be pretty solid. Carmen was one where I liked them, but I, I, I wanted to see him play. So I'm excited to see him play this weekend for the first time. 
Absolutely. I can't wait to see him play. Now, Blackthorne has a question here. He said, isn't communication on the O-line uh, on the O-line on Pollock? Well, yeah, but it's also comes to the players. They're the ones that actually have to do it on the field. I mean, you can tell them what to do until you're blue in the face if they don't freaking do it, <laughs> you know? Uh, coaches can only – that's where sometimes I think coaches get a little bit too much of the blame and a little bit too much of the credit sometimes too. It's the players. You know, they they know what they're supposed to do. They just need to go freaking do it. <laughs> and it's just – that's where I, it's – you know, yeah, it's on Pollock, but it's the players. They got to be out there communicating. Yeah, I think that Pollock definitely gets some of the blame. Um, I think some of the blame is on the offensive linemen themselves. And then there's also some, you know, on Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow. Uh, I think, you know, with you, you've seen Joe Burrow changing the plays of the line a lot. You've seen – you know, the play calling that Zach Taylor's gone with. So when they, they have a lot of stuff coming at them, uh, they could be better at kind of receiving that information. But, you know, I think that there could have been some mistakes with either the play call or with the audible, something like that. So you don't really know the full story on some of those some of those communication errors. Yeah, and I mean, and I love Jackpot Joey Burrow, but he played terrible Sunday. I mean, he, he played awful Sunday. I mean, I mean the, like I said, I'll just talk about the the, the – Two that he they took three deep shots. He hit one of them, and he underthrew under that one. I mean, the first deep shot was to T uh, to T. If he hits that, you know, it's it's a totally different game. And then the first the first one to Jamar Chase was, uh, dude, that was way out of bounds. It was so off. And then the one he actually hit, Jamar had to adjust to the ball. So Burrow just Burrow, look, Burrow's human. <laughs> you know, he's gonna have bad games. It's his second year in the league, and like I said. The Bears' defense is really good. So it's the first time him facing the Bears' defense. Now, this would be the second time he gets to face the Squealers' defense. And I know he said in the press conference earlier this week he's looking forward to it because he didn't get to do it you know, last year. So he's been looking forward to this, and he knows – not that he didn't know what the Bears were going to do, but he's seen what the Steelers do. You know, Seeing it on the field and seeing it on tape are different. You, know, you can see it on tape, but once you see it for yourself – you know, what, what triggers and what they're doing and stuff like that, it, it's different. So that's where I think Joey's going to be more prepared this week than he was last. Not that he wasn't prepared. He just he just had a bad game. Yeah, and I know we kind of talked about it before uh, we did we started this. But, uh, going in, kind of going into that a little bit, I don't want to see much empty sets from the Bengals this week. Uh, I'll have a little more on that, but the thing, the thing that I've been seeing is – you know, Joe Burrow likes empty sets, and you know, you're they're going to run it. They're going to do it this year. I think this is a game where you kind of tone it down a little bit. If you watch what the Steelers did against the Bills Week One, uh, they I think in I believe it was 60 dropbacks. They only rushed more than five or more guys one time, and they got a lot of pressure on them. Uh, I think that my biggest concern is, you know, Jackson Carmen's probably going to play this week, even if he you know, has a good game, I'm a little concerned with, you know, when they go into empty and he's got to, he's got to come around on, or he's got to protect the stunt coming around mm-hmm. from, you know, TJ Watt or Cam Hayward. So I'm a little worried about that situation. I think that you can still run empty. You don't abandon it. But right. Maybe not do it as much as you did against the Bears last week. Didn't work out uh, against the Bears. I think it'll work out against other teams. I think that, you know, if you run it a couple times, you know, the true empty sets against the Steelers. Uh, I think you can find a little success there as long as you don't overdo it. 
I think against, you know, with weeks coming up against teams like Jacksonville and uh, Green Bay, I think you can kind of get more into that. Uh, again, just I think, yeah, tone it down a little bit this week. Yeah, well, you know why, why uh, Burrow – Likes the empty. It makes the defense pretty much declare what they're doing. It's yeah. kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to hide, to hide it. So that's why most quarterbacks like empty. But like you said, it leaves Joe more vulnerable. And I agree with you. Until we get this pass protection figured out and they stop missing assignments, yeah, I think we should go with, with less empty for sure. Now let's get into uh, let's see here, uh, Ken. He says uh, he said I know Hopkins is coming off surgery, but do you guys see? Uh, T Hill playing soon? No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't see Hill playing at all this year. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I think Trey Hopkins is, unless Trey Hopkins gets hurt, because I don't want three <laughs> rookies in in the offensive line starting. I'm I'm okay with two if we if we had Deontay Smith and Carmen Jackson, but I, no, I don't want I don't want three. And I, and again, Trey Hopkins has been a a very good center for us. It's week two. He's come off knee surgery. He came back from almost the same knee surgery Joe had in less time. He's 300-something pounds. He's got to do a lot more on that knee than, than Joe does. So it, 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 he's he's going to get back to the the old Trey. I, and I think I, I keep telling everybody, I said, let's get through September. Let's get through September. And then if we're still having these same issues in October – then yes, I'm going to be worried about it, and we got to do something about something's got to change, you know. But I do think something's changing this week, and I think they're putting Jackson in. But go ahead, what do, what do you think about uh, Trey Hopkins? Uh, I think he'll get better by the week. I think that he struggled the first week, just kind of getting back into that uh, with his injury. I think you know, in terms of uh, in terms of Trey Hill playing, it's you know Hopkins would probably have to get hurt uh, or you know just be the worst lineman in football because I don't think that they're just going to take out that veteran center right. them with the rookie uh, just because of a couple bad games. I think you just have to consistently just be awful. And I don't, I don't think that's going to happen from Trey Hopkins. I think that um, once he gets kind of more adjusted with that leg, I think, uh, you know, the worst you'll see from him is slightly below average. Uh, and the best you can see from him is, you know, an above average center. Mm-hmm. So I think his, you know, his floor, his ceiling is not too high, but his floor isn't very low either. So I think right. he's, he's just a pretty consistent player. So when he gets suggested, I think he's, you know, I don't think he's in any danger at all of losing that spot. No, I'm neither do I. Now let's get the orange arrow here. He says uh, the Bills had, uh, I guess, I'm assuming this is when they played the Squealers. The Bills had 60 dropbacks and ran it 29 times. I'm assuming he meant that during the uh, or ran empty. Sorry, ran empty 29 times. I'll get it right. And I'm assuming that's against the the squealers. Is what I'm assuming he says. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, I tweeted that out the other day. Um, they, I've, I've just started for for my article. I've just started getting into it. They they came out empty 29 times, and came. I think it was nine of those times they were in five wide, and on those plays, Josh Allen was three for seven. Uh, for nine yards, and the total uh, like net gain in those nine plays was negative four. Uh, they pretty much shut Allen down most of the game, especially out of empty. He didn't do very good out of empty at all. Right. And I think that's my concern. Um, is you know Allen is more mobile than Burrow, especially with the leg. I think you don't really want Burrow kind of working out of that empty backfield, uh, trying to 
run around. I think that I think the best the best thing to do is just kind of get extra get extra blocking in there. Kind of, I, I'd like to see more motions, uh, more movement, and kind of going back to what I said earlier. I really want to see Tyler Boyd in the middle of the field more this week. Exactly. Now tell everybody about because I didn't even realize this. You actually write for Sports Illustrated. I did. I didn't even know you did that. So tell 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 them about the article you you got either you got one out already and you or you're working on one. I can't remember what you I'm said. Working on one. Uh, should be out probably Saturday. I'd say. Okay. Uh, I'll send it in. Um, gonna work on it after this. It's. I'm basically looking into what the Bengals did in empty against the Bears last week. And then also looking at what the Bills did out of emptying against the Steelers week one and kind of comparing that a little bit. Uh, basically, it's gonna, there's going to be a lot of different things in the article. And I'm not going to say it straight up, but essentially what the article is saying is don't overdo empty this week. That's pretty right. much what it is. Exactly. So check that out. That'll be on uh, – is it coming out on SI.com? Is that where you get it at? Yeah, it'll be on the All Bengals, uh, the – Bengals site for Sports Illustrated. Ah, with Jay, with, same with Jay, Jane Japina's on. I got yeah. you. Gotcha, gotcha. See, like I said, I didn't even know you even did that. I'm like, wow, you're, yeah. you're full of surprises, Blake. <laughs> yeah. right, I got one last yeah, I got one last clip here from uh, Cheeto. And and he wants to talk about the uh, the attitude that the defense has and, and the, the attitude that the defense is bringing this year. It's definitely an attitude thing. We have coaches who – you know, want the best for us and expect the best out of us. So um, it's a standard right now that's being implemented. And, you know, we're just trying to live up to that standard every day. And that's the thing. They, they've established a standard, you know, this year. And once you establish that, it makes it easier to live up to it. Now, that's where the offense has got to establish what their identity and what their standard is. And hopefully they will do that this Sunday. Now we got a question here from uh, Jeff Holmes. He said, "What's though? Did uh, Xavier practice today? No. Well, Xavier was on the rehab field. He wasn't. He was in shorts and t-shirt. And uh, Wayne's did practice limited, but he did. He did practice. So I think that's a good sign. He was in pad, full pads and everything. So I think it's a good sign for for Trey. Hopefully playing this Sunday, but nothing that I know of has been announced yet." You know anything about that? Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I think I think Wayne's. Um, I think if I think he'll play this week, I think he'll be not necessarily limited. I don't think he's going to play like a full go all out. I think that we'll see Eli Apple some, and especially if um, Deontay Johnson's out for the Steelers, because uh, I think that if Johnson's out, you're going to have Mike Hilton on Juju. You're going to have Cheeto on um, Claypool and then probably be James Washington if no, uh, if there's no um, Deontay Johnson. So if Johnson doesn't play, I think that we see uh, some Eli Apple against James Washington. Uh, if Johnson ends up playing, I don't think he will. If he ends up playing, I think we'll see more Trey Wayne. Yeah, and somebody asked if uh, T play T practiced today. T Higgins did not practice. He was in street clothes. I didn't see him do anything. To be honest, uh, out there, uh, and I know he he came out of practice early because that's when me and Maddie Myers met him and gave him the jackpot Joey stuff. So it does not look like uh, T will be playing. I could be wrong, but it doesn't look like he's going to play on Sunday. But that just means it's more uh, playing time for for Alton Tate and I. I, dude, Alton Tate, he can he can catch the ball <laughs> anywhere. I, I mean, if 
I've said this before. If, if Tate had a little bit more speed, we might not have drafted Jamar Chase. Yeah, I think uh, I'm kind of leaning towards Higgins playing. I know he didn't practice on Thursday. On a Thursday, was just kind of a concern. Uh, but I think the thing for me, he came back in and scored a touchdown. Uh, so I think that I, I'm not really really basing it on anything. I don't know anything about it. I'm just yeah. I have a feeling that he's I'm just play. I'm just basing it on he he was in street clothes. So yeah. That's and it's Thursday. I mean, because I, I'm with you. I I remember the play. And I thought at first he he just you know fell on the football and kind of you know knocked the wind out of him. I didn't think it was is any big deal because he did come back and catch the touchdown pass and he, he kept playing. So yeah, I think I, if he's listed as questionable tomorrow, then he'll play. I think that the concern will kind of be if he's listed like doubtful or out, obviously. But I think if he's questionable, I kind of trend towards him playing on Sunday. Oh my God! I just looked. The Cardinals have won twelve in a row now. Jeez, oh, they beat Brewers. Yeah. Like oh God, can you lose a freaking game? Says St. Louis. That's their longest winning streak since 1982. Good God. I, I haven't uh, I haven't watched the Reds game since the Bengals started preseason. So. Oh God, I I I hate the tweet. I hate the tweet birds about as much as I, I hate the squealers. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so where were we at? Oh yeah, Tate. Uh, but but I mean, even if T doesn't play, I, I still think we're we're good. You know, I, I it would make it a little harder to open the top of off the defense because you only have Chase then. So we'll make it a little harder to do that. Uh, but Michael Thomas, it, 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 he has some speed too. So I mean, they, they could use him for that. And, and Tate, who knows, he might be able to get get open too. He's not not like he's a extremely slow guy. He's just not you know a burner. But I, I just I love Tate because I love his catch radius. <laughs> if you get it close to him, he'll catch it. Yeah, I think if T if T doesn't play, I think uh, another player, not a receiver, I think Uzama probably gets some more targets. Because honestly, if he didn't have that one catch uh, against the Vikings week one, we would probably wouldn't even know he's on the field. <laughs> right. uh, he's just he just kind of hasn't been around too much. But I think that Burrow likes him as a target, and I think that if Higgins ends up missing this week, I think he's going to look at more consistent you know, his more consistent targets. I think he's going to go after Boyd. I think he's going to go after Uzama. And he's going to try to find Jamar down the field. So I think that without Higgins, you're not you're not totally screwed. And by taking Chase, that kind of helps that. Right. Where if they didn't have Jamar Chase, they just had Higgins, Boyd, and Tate as their three. If you lose Higgins, you're kind of, you're kind of screwed at that point. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So, anyway, like I said, I, I'm glad they, they drafted Chase. I got, I, got, I got the Uno right here, so he's my – him and Jackpot Joey. I gotta get it. I gotta get it. Well, I want to get a T. Higgins jersey, but he says he's gonna switch to number five. Yeah. So I'm like, I almost want to wait till he switches to five to buy that one. I wouldn't. You know? get, I wouldn't get Bates either. I have a feeling he he might switch to three. I want. Yeah, I'm hoping. To be honest, I'm hoping uh, Boyd switches to three. I don't think he's yeah. going to. But then they could be the five one three boys. I I just you know I think that would be cool. But it's up to Tate. It's his his number and and Bates. Which I thought Bates is going to switch this year because he tweeted something out you know in the offseason, give me that three. So I thought he might might switch uh two, but he he didn't. And yeah, and, it's uh, if you wanted to switch this year, you had to buy all your jerseys. Uh, so a lot of people waited. That's like why Higgins waited. Ah, okay, all your, you. you would have had to buy up all your jersey stock. 
teams this year. Really? Yeah, yeah. The player themselves had to buy all their jer- their jerseys off. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. So I guess if you want uh, a base to switch to three, go buy go buy thirty, so you don't have to pay, you don't have yeah. to pay for them all. <laughs> uh, Jeff Holmes, the uh, local Cardinal fan, <laughs> he says the Cardinals should have lost today, but they had some luck, magic, or whatever you want to call it, dude. The Cardinals got so much. Yeah, God, they just drive me. They just drive me so so nuts. I we I I just don't. I, whatever they have in their organization, I want to bottle it up and give it to the Reds. You know, like whatever it is that winning culture that they have, I want that to be given given there that at a Great American Ballpark because it's just not there. Anyway, like I said, I, I'm too depressed to talk about the Reds. That, that just that's just they've drove me insane all summer. And hopefully the Bengals won't do that. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they'll turn around and uh, win something. Now, I'm gonna bring this up to you. And Willie Lutz was on my show yesterday, and he kind of changed—not actually, kind of—he did change my mind. Um, I was saying that this is not a must-win uh, Sunday. Now, I'll preface it as it's still not not really a must-win as far as the season goes, but it is as far as. If the season goes the way most of us Bengals fans want it to go as far as getting into, into the playoffs or at least in the playoff hunt. And I think winning on Sunday would go toward – would be a bigger win than as far as what would happen in the future of this season. You know, does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I think a bigger win as far as to to get the confidence, gain the confidence, and or whatever you want to say to to get that edge, that aggressive, get that we can beat them, that we're not, you know, they're not the bullies on the block anymore, and we're here and we're going to make a run at this thing. And I think Sunday come that comes that could be a lot uh, come out of that if I can get all the words out of my mouth. Yeah, I think that I don't, I won't really call it a must win. I think it's. A huge game though, because if you if you're going into if you're leaving Pittsburgh uh, and you're two and one, you just got a road win against a division rival, and you know that you got Jacksonville next week. I think that is a hell of a spot to be in uh, after after week three. I think that's a tremendous place to be in. You lost the game you probably should have won against the Bears. Uh, I think that that kind of becomes an afterthought if you beat the Steelers this week. Well, that's the thing too. Is is they? I'll, I'll take this when um, Jackpot Joey and and Uno were talking about how we need to take shots downfield and everything, and, and they, everybody took it as as a shot at Zach. I more took it as frustration. We let this game slip through our fingers. You know, we should have won this game. Yeah, if we took more shots, yes, we probably would have won the game. That's where I think that anger, frustration, all that stuff. I hope they're all going to let it unleash it on Schittsburg and beat the crap out of them Sunday. Because I, I think they have a chance to do that. Will it happen? I don't know because it's the squealers. And every time you play the Bengals play them, there's always something that happens. You know, something, you know, I don't know what it is. It's kind of like the when the Reds play the freaking Tweety Birds. Something happens. It's not, it's never an easy game, you know. But I think. Winning this game would go would be huge and mean a lot toward how the rest of the season can go. Yeah, uh, looking at the schedule, I think that if you're two and one going into Jacksonville, uh, I don't really have any games 
that I circled that are this game's 100% decided. I think the only game I think that of is in the wrong direction against the Chiefs. I don't think they'll stand a chance against the Chiefs. I, I, I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think they'll. With the I defense, think our defense going to play pretty good against them. With just if we could score with them as a thing. Yeah, I think that. I think that that game is probably the only one on the whole schedule I look at and say that game's already decided. And I, but but I do consider Jacksonville a team that you know they're probably they're probably going to beat. So they should. <laughs> if you're going three and one, you're going against the Packers. Packers defense isn't too good. I think that uh, that's a great spot to be in. Um, and I said before the season that after week four, the absolute worst they can be is two and two after week four. Because it's not going to get any easier uh, after this, after the first four weeks. So three and one, that's about, you know, obviously I think that they probably could have gone or they probably should have gone four and oh when you look at it, you know, how we, yeah, we, like been. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I think that. If you're sitting at three one, you're in pretty good shape after after the first four weeks, and that's including the that's including the win uh, on the road at Pittsburgh. That's including a week one win when your when your quarterback's coming off a of surgery, and that's including a primetime win uh, if they win those games. Exactly. Let's just look at my my predictions now. This is what I did right when the schedule came out. So right now I'm I'm uh, I had us I had us winning against the Bears, which we should have. And I had us losing in this game. I got to split in every game in the division. I'm fine with it if we, <laughs> if we're two and one, and it's it's a win against the the Squealers and a loss against the Bears. That'd be great rolling into Jacksonville. That's the thing is, if you beat the Squealers, that gives you all kinds of confidence going into Jacksonville, and then in the Green Bay, and then in the Detroit. I mean, if you win this game, you could win. I think that momentum could take you into the next three games, for you know, and then bring it bring you to, to Baltimore. And who knows what happens? Then. If you're, if you're, if we win Sunday, I think there's a very good chance we can win the next, the next three. So you're what? You're four, what four and one? Then rolling into to Baltimore. That sounds pretty good to me. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I, I think that's how big this win could be. And as far as the momentum of this of the season, getting in a, in a winning a winning projection could be. Yeah. I, so my preseason project or uh, prediction was seven and ten for the Bengals. Um, and in terms of my prediction, I'm not saying this is how the no, no, I got us eleven and six. What do in, I know? I, you know, in, <laughs> like, I don't know. In, in terms of my prediction, the losing to the, losing to the Bears hurt it bad because that was one of the games where I was like, oh, they'll win this one. But I had them losing against the Steelers this week, so get one back right after losing one that I thought they'd win. Uh, I think that the, the defense surprised me a lot, and. If the offense can figure it out, if they can be as dangerous as they're supposed to be, I think this is better than a 7-10 and 10 team. Uh, I think they're, they're looking a lot better. Uh, the defense definitely surprised me the most. Uh, but also the offense has surprised me in a bad way, too. I expected the offense. I expected the offense to be, you know, much better than that than they have been. Well, that's a great point. I'm, I'm glad you said that. And that's one thing is we all, including me, I was really worried about the defense. I mean, honestly, I was more worried about the defense at the beginning of this year than, than the offense. I mean, I did not think – I'm sorry, I, I called him Lou Armadillo. I call him Lou Anarumo now. I got to try to say, make sure I say his name right. Their defense has been playing great. None of us were really worried about the offense. So that's what I'm saying. It's like the offense, there's a lot left of this offense. There's a lot they could still do. So that's what I'm saying. It's like 
this could be big, you know, this because if they can get our offense going like we all think they can with the talent that the offense has, we, the leather and six might not be a crazy thing going into Pittsburgh and kicking their ass might not be a crazy thing. I think it, it, it all depends on biggest thing is if we get the, the pass protection problems, the, the blocking schemes, the missed assignments, we get that fixed. That's going to fix a lot of stuff for this team. That, that, that'll be huge. And I'm, I'm hoping that's what they've, really been concentrating on, on, on this this uh, week of practice. Yeah, another thing I want to mention is, you know, I've not been impressed with the offense at all so far, but the special teams has been kind of a letdown aside from Evan McPherson. Yeah. They've had some bad kick returns, which you don't really expect from Brandon Wilson. Uh, they had some – I mean, I'm not complaining too much about Darius Phillips. It's only a couple plays. But I think he had like a – he had a situation where, you know, all – you got to catch that punt. Just little stuff like that. Uh, I don't think Huber has been great. It's just little stuff like that that kind of hurts the field position. So. Well, it's, it's, it's almost like Brandon Wilson has is trying to prove something. And yeah. I, can't, I can't take credit for saying that. I heard that from somebody, but it made a good point. Is Because like, he's bringing the ball out, you know, 10 yards deep in the end zone. Like, why are you bringing it out? You know, it's like he's he's wants to prove that he can break one or something. And, and I that's – that's got to change. <laughs> you know, I know Darius yeah. Phillips. And the thing, the thing is, Darius Phillips, is I thought he would be the one that would bring it all the time. And he's fair caught it <laughs> more yeah. than I thought he would. So I agree with you on that. That, that Those are the things that have got to get get fixed. And, and again, to me, those are – actually, Wilson's pretty easy. If you're 10 yards deep in the end zone, near the ball down. Take it at yeah. 25. I mean, that should be that, pretty, pretty simple to fix. That muffed uh, kick return, I know he ended up getting it returned, and that was bad. Oh, yeah. I thought he was going to kneel at the one yard line when he did that. Yeah. <laughs> First, like, no, I mean, get up, now run. <laughs> I don't. I think I think Huber will be done after this year anyway. It's the last year on his contract, uh, but he's he doesn't flip the field like he used to. Uh, you know, if you watch some old videos of him punting, he he flipped the field for the defense. Oh yeah. Uh, he was but wild. now you just you just don't really get that out of him. Well, that's where I I really think if Drew uh, if I say is it Christensen Christensen, the kid from Ohio State. How do you say it? Christian. Yeah. If he hadn't hurt his wrist or his hand or whatever he did, I think he's our, our, our starting punter. I, punter. And I love Kevin Huber. He, he's a former Bearcat, so I, I, he holds a, a special place in my heart. But I, I, I agree with you. I, I think uh, – and I'm hoping, which they can, nobody picks up Drew, <laughs> and he can be – which, I mean, if Huber doesn't get better – they might bring him in, you know, and he might get a, get a shot th- this season. Who knows? Yeah. But I do uh, kind of agree with that. The guy yeah. you're talking about, Willie, uh, he was he had some tweets and replied to me a while back, and he said, you know, the best, and I agree, the best case for the Bengals would be if you can keep if you can get Christian after this year because uh, you don't want Huber, you don't want to, you don't want Huber to play for another team. I know he's a punter, but he's been here forever, right? Uh, so. He has one year left on his deal. The best case scenario is he retires a Bengal after this year and you bring on Christian. I think that's the best situation for that. Uh, let him play out his contract and then kind of hope he retires, really. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I mean, I I would, I mean, I'm with you, dude. I would hate to see Kevin Huber in another freaking uniform. I mean, that would, I just, I don't know. I, I would, he's a Cincinnati guy. He's from Cincinnati. He went to the University of Cincinnati. He's played 10 years. For the Bengals, yeah, I mean, it'd be cool if if uh, he could finish this year out, which I, I think they were trying to because they had Drew on on the practice squad for a mm-hmm. while there. 
and they were trying to keep him. So, and, and I brought that up to, to uh, Joe Goodberry, and he said, well, it's pretty easy to just call up another punter. I was like, yeah, but if you could protect him on your practice squad, then nobody else can get him. So he's just sitting at home right now. Anybody can call him. They probably they probably were like, hey, uh, if you don't sign anywhere else, you're a punter next year. That could have happened too. Right. Or, you know, just kind of practice on your own and we'll get you back next year. Right, but but are you going to sit there if you're Drew? Are you going to sit there? Well, you know, next year I'll be punting for the Bengals, or I go punt for this team now. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I think, but I don't. I don't really know how many scenarios where that would pop up. Yeah. Where he, uh, look, the punter gets injured. A, a punter gets injured. That that would probably be it. Yeah, I don't. I don't really see a scenario, and then I don't know that he's the first one up on a team's list either. If that would well, happen, because nobody really saw him. That's one good thing. Yeah. I mean, we they kind of hit him, so nobody. They've heard about him or whatever. I mean, trust me, I I saw him. <laughs> he was punting every single day with his his uh, hand in a, in a in a brace. Kid's got a leg. Yeah. I mean, he 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 is Kevin Huber ten years ago. He could flip the field. I mean, he would be a solid weapon for for the Bengals to have. So I'm hoping. I agree with that. I'm hoping Kevin Huber maybe just plays his contract out and he's done and you know retires a Bengal and and then we get uh, Drew in here next year. Yeah, and I think the only situation where Christian will get picked up really is if, you know, a team that's out of it later in the season, maybe their punter gets hurt or he just sucks. They're like, oh, let's get a young guy and we right. our season's over anyway. I think that's the only situation where that would happen. Uh, so I, th- I think they have a good chance of bringing him back next year. I hope so. I hope so. So, all right, we are, what, three days, two days away from the game. You got any predictions on the game on uh, Sunday here before I let you go? Well, uh, I worked the other day. I said, uh, I said uh, this game it, it gives me ten to seven vibes. I think that it could be a very low scoring game. But uh, now that I'm kind of you know I've been looking into it a lot this week, uh, I think I'm going with. Uh, I think my final prediction is going to be. I think I had it twenty twenty four seventeen Bengals. I think was my final prediction. There you go, twenty four seventeen. As long as the Bengals win, I don't care. But I mean, I, I'll, I'll put it this way, and I'm not the only one that said this, but uh, Zim Huday and Joe Goodberry and all of us, are, all three of us, kind of on the same wavelength that we think this offense could average close to thirty points a game. I think Sunday we might see that. Which I mean, and and everybody, if they, I'll put it this way, real quick, everybody complains about the way the offense played on Sunday and the play calling. Play calling everything was about the same as it was against Minnesota. Minnesota, we scored 27 points. I think it's going to be more closer to the Minnesota game than the uh, Chicago game is what I'm thinking. I haven't got my, my prediction yet. That's coming out Friday. I, uh, I want to change my prediction. I, <laughs> okay, good. I've been, I, after I said it, I'm thinking about it. I think it's going to be 24 to 10 Bengals. I don't yeah. like the Steelers' offense matchup against the Bengals at all. So that's, I'm gonna take some points away from the Steelers. Yeah, that that's where I don't I don't think the Squares' offense, their offensive line sucks. I mean, yeah. I I've said this on here multiple times. They got so much praise for taking Najee Harris. Oh, what a great pick that is! I'm like, they don't have a damn offensive line. They lost two of their starters. You know, they lost their center. <laughs> they their offensive line sucks. But then the Bengals. Oh, you guys can't run the ball because you don't have an offensive line. But oh, the Pittsburgh Squealers, oh, they can they can run the ball with who? <laughs> you don't have anybody there. Anyway, sorry, I, I get a little <laughs> I get a little passionate about that because it just it just irritates the crap out of me. That's where I'm like, I really do think this the front four of, of the Bengals 
can eat. I think they, they can really get after it, get after Ben. And I hope they just knock the crap out of him and hope maybe, maybe make his other boob hurt. They have both his boobs hurting. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Blake, tell everybody where you can find your articles and tell them you got a podcast you do sometimes. I just started it. I don't have an episode out yet. Uh, it's called Bengals Report. Uh, should should get an episode out soon. Been a little lazy on that front, but I'll get to it eventually. And then uh, and then uh, on Twitter, Blake Google NFL. I got I tweet out my articles. So hopefully, if you're, uh, I'll, I'll do a little bit better promotion. You gotta re- you gotta retweet them because like I said, yeah. I don't even and I follow you. I don't even know you did it, so you gotta retweet them more. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll tweet it a couple times. I'll I'll promote it a little better. Should have that article on the empty sets coming out soon. So and then I'll have an article immediately following the game uh, on Sunday. Well, you should definitely give give the Iceman a shout out on your on your article. I, I think that that yeah. would definitely that would definitely be the selling point to push it over the edge. Maybe put a yeah. quote on there. <laughs> there <you> <laughs> <go>. <laughs> All right, Blake. As always, I appreciate you, man. Yep, have a good one. You too, buddy. Who day? All right, guys. As always, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, let's get to a couple. Uh, let's see here, Jeff Holmes. They definitely have potential to score thirty points a game. They just need time to get, and hopefully we'll see them progress through the season. And that's where I, I'm I'm at. The defense is way better than I thought it was going to be. Now, again, only two games, so you got to you know, we'll wait and see. Like I said, let's get through this month before we really start getting really excited about the defense. The offense is not going to be this bad. <laughs> They're too talented. They're not going to be this bad. So that bodes well for the future of this team and the future of the season is what I'm saying. That's what excites me, and that's what should excite you guys as Bengal fans out there. All right, Preston. Uh, if the pr- prediction – oh, if the protection as well as the play calling problems are cleaned up by Sunday, we could put up over 30, maybe 40. We got a lot of weapons to utilize, but only if Zach presents a great GM – place gm place come sunday i mean uh, game plan is like i think what you meant think you what you meant jeez if i can talk anyway yes i think i, I mean i'm hoping they've been working on the pass protection if they fix the pass protection problems it's going to make a huge difference in the game on sunday and i think we're going to have a lot of fun on sunday at least i hope so Anyway, I think I'm going to get on out of here I appreciate every single one of you guys Mike Bell, what's up? Or Ball, my bad The defense is a surprise Yes, the defense is definitely a surprise So, let's get to the Facebook groups That let me live stream And as always, I appreciate every single one of you guys It is Hootay Nation Like I said, they're at like 25,000 people It's huge Hootay Legion Bearcat Ruckus Cincinnati Reds, riding third, heading for home The Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar, and they can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. TikTok is at Iceman90. You can find them all. Just look up Sports with Strawberry Ice. It'll pop up. I'm pulling a sound off later on tonight, putting it on the podcast. So, like I always say, if you can't sit and watch me for an hour, if you're at work, working out, listening to the or driving the car around tomorrow, Download the podcast. It's on Bead Pod, Apple iTunes, Spotify, 
pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you rate, like, and review. Give me a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. Leave a comment so more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. Download it. You guys are doing awesome. I'm getting at least 20 views on a daily podcast. I think for me, is pretty good. <laughs> I'm not locked on Bengals. They get a lot more. But for a daily podcast, for just me being a, a, a Cincinnati fan, I think that's pretty good. YouTubers, I'm at 1,372 subscribers. So if you're watching the show right now and you have not subscribed, please go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription. Hit the bell for the notification. And give me a subscribe. I would greatly appreciate it. Let's try to get rolling up to 2,000 as fast as we can. And other than that, as my boy, Jeremy Dimebag, these nuts, likes to say, remember one thing and one thing only. And that is, you don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. So act like it. Who day? Let's go enjoy a couple beers, maybe have a pizza, have some wings, sit down, watch some Thursday night football. And then come Sunday, the Bengals are going to whoop that ass. day? And that's your sports, baby. See ya! Stripes in our veins, sparks gonna fly.